This episode of The Tome Show is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash the tome show. Welcome to The Tome, a D&D news, reviews, and interviews show, and I'm your Tome host and professor, Dr. Jeff Greiner. And I'm Tracy Hurley, and in this surprise round, we're going to college as we discuss our first impressions of Strixhaven, a curriculum of chaos. In our orientation tour are some of the most prestigious new students on campus. First, valedictorian from Gnomestew High School. It's the star of the Mage Tower team. It's our group's jock. It's Jared Rasher. <laughs> that is so amusing on so many levels there. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> Uh, second, transferring in from the designer's den, uh, and fresh from an appearance on the Rose stage, it's the theater kid, Ginny Loveday. Woo! That's, that's fairly <laughs> accurate, actually. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> and lastly, from the hollowed howls of tribality, it's the peppiest cheerleader you'll find anywhere on campus, it's Brenda Stoddard! I'll have to assume I'm doing the kicks. Off camera. <laughs> big, big high kicks, real short skirt. Awesome. You could have stopped after the first clause. <laughs> could have, but it made it more uncomfortable if I didn't. <laughs> so in this episode, we're discussing Strixhaven, a curriculum of chaos. Uh, Strixhaven is the third book based on a setting created for Magic the Gathering um, that has and convert it into D&D. It's a setting about a magical school where you place students on campus having adventures as you learn, love, and hopefully graduate. As a reminder and surprise, surprise around episodes, we get our first impressions of a book very quickly out, out very quickly after the book is released, sometimes before, not in this case, with the understanding that we probably haven't done a deep read-through and definitely have not played it. Uh, and then if needed, we'll revisit the book later after it's been out for a while and we'll have a chance to dig in deeper. So before we dig in, though, I want to remind folks that if you want to support the show, you can become a patron over at patreon.com slash the Tome Show. Uh, the support of the Patreon patrons helps me pay the bills and keeps the show going. Now on to Strixhaven. Uh, in the interest of full disclosure, I believe each and every one of us is working from a review copy that Wizards of the Coast sent us. Is that accurate? Yes. Uh, I'm working from a review copy that someone kindly sent me. <laughs> but yes, yes, it, it was uh, derived from Wizards of the Coast. Just you know, they send a standard cover, and so <laughs> I, I sent him my standard cover. Jeff, do you know anything about how that works? No, I know know anything about how standard covers work. What do you? What do you? No, my, my point is about mailing it on to another member of the team. Oh, oh. Um, you get two, and then you just pass yeah. one along to your other to your other half. Yeah, it is It is possible that I have been getting review copies from Wizards since the beginning, and they always send the standard cover and the review cover, and Tracy gets all of the the, uh, the special covers. Uh, because right. exactly. It, because it is important to me not only to make Tracy happy, but also <laughs> that the spines of my books look more or less the same, and the, the special edition covers don't do that. <laughs> so. I'm doing you a favor because I've been feeling a little guilty about always getting the special cover. No, so, no, no. Okay. Yeah, I, no. I can be guilt free. 
Yeah, no, I'm okay giving you the the special cover because I want my the spines to look the same. You you just have to have a separate special bookcase, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I see. That, that bookcase happens to live at Tracy's house. Yeah. And you have to understand that some adventures aren't ever going to have a Hydra 74 cover. Sorry. <laughs> so. Okay. So so we're all working from review uh, review copies um, in one way or another. Uh, so Strixhaven let's let's start off with just what is the premise of this book well it's that we're having a magically good time at university because isn't that what everyone does at university Uh, no I I think the premise is college was a really it was a heck of a great time to get in lots of weird trouble Mm. (laughs) yeah Um, and you know Naturally, it being a magical university, so the magical school trope that we've got going on there, um, while you're at school, something goes horribly wrong Mm. every single year. Right, Larry? (laughs) (laughs) It's it's as much break bills as it is your Hogwarts to me. Uh, I would say more so. It It is very much not Hogwarts. Like, there mm. are. Um, it, it's a little gentler than break bills. Like tonally, I think it's a little <laughs> not important. Yes. <laughs> well, on a, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know that I agree. I think it's more Hogwarts than break bills in in my experience. Although, in fairness, my experience with the break bills comes only from the TV show, not from the books. But break bills comes off way more. I don't know. Adult and dark and what have you. Um, I mean, break bills is the, the college here. Right. So it's got that going for it. Right. Mm-hmm. But, and Strixhaven is, is, is a college, but totally thematically, it feels more like Hogwarts to me. And honestly, as we get into the, um, the adventure that's in the book as well, I feel like the story is more Harry Potter themed than it is magicians themed. Okay. Okay. Although, if you want to read more about magical schools, you should pick up the books of magic from uh, DC Comics. It's also important to note that those aren't the only two magical school (laughs) options out there. There are a plethora of options that you could compare it to. And um, most people will thank you to not be comparing it to the works. She who shall not be named. <laughs> yes, correct. Well, although, in fairness, she's not getting any royalties from this product. So. Absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, uh, that's a major selling point. Yeah. <laughs> if if um, you want to have fun magical school adventures without paying – she was she, – she, As a matter of fact, know. though, um, speaking of she, she um, this was the first uh, fifth edition book that was – Produced by a female lead designer, Amanda Hammond. So, um, hey, a, Amanda. a much more important she. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Amanda did an absolutely fabulous job with this. There is so much to resonate with in the setting itself and um, the NPCs and the relationship. Um, system are great. And then we also have adventures in the book. Right. Um, yeah. So, so the idea of Strixhaven, I guess, is that it's 
because uh, it's a magic setting first. And so as tends to happen with magic settings, there are a handful of various organizations representing the different colors of, of magic, right? Uh, and so in this case, we have uh, Quandrix, Witherbloom, Prismari. I'm going off the top of my head. What am I missing? <laughs> Silver Lorehold. Quill and Lorehold. There you go. Silver Quill and Lorehold. Um, and for anyone familiar with magic, those are enemy color pairings. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So, so each of those it, – it's, it's always been interesting to me that – like the lore of Magic the Gathering is that magic comes from drawing on the power of various types of land and what have you, right? And yet none of the magic-based books that D&D has produced address or, or, or mention that in any way, shape, or form, probably because it doesn't comport well to the D&D version of magic. Right. They're definitely keeping what's useful and jettisoning every other thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And they, they do kind of in a roundabout way, though, in that they definitely take care to kind of tie the color pairings more closely to, like, the type of magic. So, like, druid-type stuff is definitely going to have ecologists that have, like, green and then more of that connection with nature. But it's not, like, an explicit right. uh, connection there. We're not mm. saying... You know, druids and rangers, you get all the green mana spells. Um, and um, I'm trying to think now who would have all the black <laughs> rogues. Witherbloom Wither, gets warlocks. Gets. Warlocks, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, I mean, but you can really get into some, you know, it, it's not super easy to tie the classes to the magic colors. And that's sure. intentional. Well, we don't want to, you know, you don't have to be the white cleric. Speaking of classes, this is a magic college. So what happens if I want to play a Strixhaven campaign with my barbarian? Yeah, Uh, you can. Yeah, I was going to say, if you end up taking one of the backgrounds, they're going to make sure that you get the background, you get the feet, and you're going to have some kind of spellcasting that you can access there. Yep, you absolutely pick up some, some spellcasting just by playing the game. Um, also, in the adventures, a lot of what's happening uh, in, in the adventures and in the, the subsystems for uh, relationships and exams and everything, a lot of what's going on is just ability checks. So as long as you don't dump int, you've probably at least got a fighting chance. <laughs> you know, though, if you've gone to university, you've got to assume you have a certain level of intelligence. So You do not have to assume that. <laughs> I assure you, <laughs> you do not have to assume that at all. <laughs> Let me try this again. Let me try this again. If you're going to university, one should assume that you would want your character to have a certain level of intelligence. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I did also go to university. <laughs> <laughs> and um, this, is, this is the U.S., everyone. Um, so you can go to university by just paying for it. You don't have to be smart. <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> you can also pass university that way. See, I, I, uh, <laughs> I joined a fraternity, and so I met some winners. <laughs> they probably had a fine score when they went in, but there's this thing you can do that suppresses your intelligence uh, <laughs> a lot. I was in a fraternity as well, attending sports ball games. No, that's not the thing. That's not um, what I was thinking of. Um, <laughs> I'm just dying bags. I'm just leaving it there. 
those weren't on the uh, the magic item list. No. <laughs> yeah, <we're>... <laughs> <laughs> so, there's an endless carafe of coffee on there, which is it an is. important staple. They'd be uh, so happy. <laughs> <laughs> for, for university students who can partake of coffee, I cannot. So I was like, "Cool, we're reskinning this as an endless mug of tea." <laughs> All good. Mmm. <laughs> it will yeah. not be an endless mug. So, of vodka. <laughs> so it is. It is. It is worth noting at this point, I suppose, that not only am I working from a review copy. I playtested the adventures in this, ah. um, and I think you say that, and I didn't catch it in my in my read through because I usually don't read very thoroughly, especially in the sections that I playtested, um, other than to just skim and see what changed. I think in the original in the playtest documents, it was an endless mug of tea already, and they must have changed it to coffee. <laughs> I mean, coffee, I'm sure, struck more of a chord with the masses. Who were probably like, no, no, if you're pulling an all-nighter, you need coffee. <laughs> I suppose. That and, <laughs> and what, what do you think this is, Britain? No, and, coffee. <laughs> and in fact, there are mechanics for pulling an all-nighter. Yes. There are. <laughs> there are. I'm so happy to. <laughs> so I think, I mean, I guess we got the gist, right? It's a magic school. The one thing that, that um, makes it, if you, if you just take D&D and say, let's make a magic school and stick D&D on it, you would get basically Strixhaven as expected, um, especially with the different schools um, that we discussed. Um, except for the only thing that would stand out is the Owlin, that it has a new race um, for players to pick up, which are owl people <laughs> uh, running around and doing things as well. Uh, important to note, they have legs, they have arms, and they have wings. They are so cute. So and they're insects. They're perpetually <laughs> ruffled because they're teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't lost their baby feathers. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so it, it actually mentions um, that specifically that they look scruffy mm. because they're not full grown yet. <laughs> That's kind of wonderful. <laughs> so we get a new race in the Owlin. We get uh, new backgrounds and feats that connect you to the school. Um, you get new, what, new spells? Um, one new spell per college. One new spell per college. Yeah. The backgrounds are worth uh, going back to because they ended mm -hmm. up being very powerful. Okay. Yeah, they are Talk the about most that. powerful <laughs> backgrounds we've seen in official content. It one-upped what uh, Ravnica did. <laughs> yeah. So what, like, what what makes these backgrounds so awesome? All right. Well, they so, give you a feat in place of your feature. Yeah. Yeah. When when you take the background, you get the feature college of choice initiate, mm -hmm. um, which gives you <laughs> spells from your background. What is that? <laughs> right. <laughs> and also you get uh, spells added to your class spell list, mm -hmm. which, like in in past, we've seen you need to take a whole subclass and like commit your subclass to getting some of these spells put in your class spell list. Mm -hmm. I'm especially looking at Witherbloom because think how the point of Divine Soul and Celestial Warlock is just to get 
cure wounds on the damn wizard list or sorcerer list or warlock list or whatever. But Witherbloom, bum, back, back, background, done, no worries. Oh, and it's oh not my. just added to your one class list. Yeah, if you multi-class, these spells are added to each of those class lists. <laughs> so, you know, uh, you, you want it to take a warlock spell slot? Cool. But maybe you don't want to use one of your warlock spell slots. That's fine. You can use one of your wizard spell slots. Nobody multi-classes warlock and wizard, but you could! <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, when you go sure, sure. to a, well, yeah. when you go to a preeminent institution such as Strixhaven, you just might. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're talking college, I started at least three different majors before I finally did one, so that's entirely possible. <laughs> you could have a wizard warlock. Mm-hmm. Also, I, think- I only did two before I made a big <laughs> pivot to my third. Oh man, now I really wish you your initiate feat uh, from your background was your major, and then you minored in another college. <laughs> but you that would actually been awesome. So the cool thing is, though, you choose a college, right? But that doesn't mean you can only do stuff in that college. You can yeah, dip true. into as many of the colleges as you want. You, it's, not like, it's not like Hogwarts, where if you choose to be a Ravenclaw, you are Ravenclaw all the way. No, I mean, you can totally sit at whatever table you want, but like... You're not you're not invited to any of the you know the Hufflepuff only things. That's not really a thing here. It's just like if you do Lorehold, it's the Lorehold campus over there. All of right. the Lorehold specific classes are there. So it's more like you know the math campus, the ag campus, the mm-hmm. arts and humanities campus, versus like you know your boarding school type house. Right, and it's worth noting that, that there's no expectation that like your party is made up of entirely people from one college. You could definitely sort of be all over the place and, and well, be from whatever college you want. I think it's actually, better if you don't. Yeah, and that's actually something I liked a lot better with this than, say, Ravnica. Because in Ravnica, it felt a lot harder to mm-hmm. figure out why your guilds are working together, but here you're going to school together. I mean... Is it... Is it why is the Azorius and the Simic working together? <laughs> yeah, like, the, the guilds mostly hate each other. This is just college kids being idiots, whatever. Right. It's fine. They could be in the same extracurricular or mm-hmm. yep. have the same job as well. Magical yep. baristas. <laughs> yeah, like I think that one of the really fun parts of Session Zero is just, how do you all know each other? Well, <laughs> all right. So my best friend's sister. No, <laughs> <laughs> so I just say the, the – so there is a little sidebar specifically about the Strixhaven party. Um, so obviously there's an introductory adventure in there. The assumption is that you are all first year students participating in orientation activities to start. So yes, exactly. You start <laughs> off by going, so, uh, what do you like to do for fun? Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which dorm are you living in? <laughs> I, just flash back, I just flash back to my pre-frush course. Oh God. <laughs> so bad. Uh, I totally, I totally cheated that whole bit in university. <laughs> I went in as an honors student and I had my major selected. So I live in the female floor of the dorm that was set aside for like honors students. And each floor was like a specific major. So I was like on the honors engineering women's floor. There weren't very many of us. So we, <laughs> we, shared, we shared it with the interior design students. <laughs> So I am going to I'm going to push nice. back a little bit on on some things that have come up. There's not 
adventures in here, and I wouldn't even say there's an introductory adventure in here. I'm going to argue that this is an adventure book that has a, a, a more robust gazetteer than what we've seen from some of the other adventure books. Because, I mean, it, it, from from page 40 on, it's an adventure. Uh, but, but Jeff, if you look up on D&D Beyond, it is clearly listed under source books. <laughs> uh, and yet, here, here we well, are, and I'm going to stick with my guns here. <laughs> so, well, well, so, so well, Jeff, 40 out of 224. So, so Jeff, talking about uh, the adventure actually starting on page 40 is... Mm-hmm. Mostly wrong, actually, okay. because it takes um, it takes twenty pa- twenty more pages for them to just lay out the subsystems they're going to keep coming back to. Okay, so right? even th- even then, at page sixty through page one hundred and seventy eight is all right. adventure content. That's the majority of the book. Almost exactly half the page count. Yeah, and that and that's right. not including the the monster stat blocks, which would be which would have sure. been an adventure product as well. Um, or a setting book, or or a setting book, right? But but I you know I think it's more akin to they t- they they took the format of Descent into Avernus and moved the Gazetteer from the end to the beginning. Yeah, so I mean, I- sixty to one eighty two. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Mm. I, I think it gets fuzzier when you are talking about like whenever there's a realms book. And it comes out. It is often a source book as well as an adventure, but it it is considered an adventure because that's the baseline setting. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is introducing the setting in D and D terms for the first time, and also presenting this adventure. Um, I really like that it has a big chunky adventure section there because that's another thing that I don't mean to keep harping on Ravnica, but. Even with Ravnica, I know it was neat that there was the what are your guilds going to do for missions, but mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I know missions. What does a campaign look like? Right. No, I, and, and I had similar concerns about the Ravnica book. Um, I, I mean, but, the fact of the matter for me is that I need so little extra setting for what I imagine Strixhaven to be because it's <laughs> because it's sort of um, – a, a, I see it as a like, plane that you just jump back to after you go have an adventure on some other plane. Mm-hmm. That's, that may not be what they intend, but it sure is what I intend. Well, they, they, they intend that, that you could set it wherever you want. They actually you know, yeah. recommend that you set it somewhere where people from mm-hmm. various realms can get to it. Um, you know, Place it wherever best fits your needs. World of your own creation. Uh, in Sigil, I liked that idea just because I like I like all the gates in Sigil, mm-hmm. yeah. or in an interplanar nexus. There you go. So put your pocket so, dimension. So in a lot of ways, like it's a, a very small setting with malice forethought, right? And, mm-hmm. I, and I love that. I think it's really cool. And, and and yet, like I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna continue to to <laughs> be very firm that this is an adventure book. Uh, in the same way that I'm going to argue that continue to argue until the day I die that Dungeon of the Mad Mage is not, uh, <laughs> but but um, that's that said, I think it's a good adventure. Like I, I mentioned that I play tested it and and we got like through the first one and a half sort of chapters of the adventure of the campaign, um, and we had a really good time. It was a lot of fun. So. I will say the uh, the blurb on the cover 
it is kind of a point in Jeff's favor. Rollicking Campus Adventures. <laughs> sure. Um, I would almost say this is a good introductory thing, if not for the fact that it does introduce a lot of extra tracking if you use all of the widgets in the adventure, mm. which may not be a impediment to everyone, but it does go a little yep. bit above and beyond what a regular D&D character would need to track. Yeah, no, it, it is. Um, it's a bit tricky to run um, because as a DM, it's got this relationship thing. It's got the, the jobs and the, the extracurriculars and all these things. And as a DM, like I've been DMing a long time, but I still had to make sure to make sure to juggle those NPCs figure out who are you interested in. The nice thing is because they have like their little report card and they're, yes. tra- they're tracking mm-hmm. those relationships. It was easy. It was it. easy for me to very easily <laughs> tell, Oh, these are the NPCs they're interested mm-hmm. in. Right. My only um, strike against that little report card that Jenny is holding up for the stream folks is that um, I really expected it to be like an easily copyable page in the back of the book, and it wasn't. You know? Yeah, I was also not was, pleased about it was a half that. page. And I'm like yeah, a, a half page where the other half is text is a little. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, if I had had that as as a pull out punch out thing in the back instead of the map, it would have been more meaningful because the map's like fine, but it's not it's not super helpful. The map is way too big to show on stream for someone my size. My my arms literally, I couldn't hold it up. I was trying to show it on mine, and I'm like, I ah yeah. And yet, the, the maps on the back are basically useless. They they're in the book in the location where you need them. I don't know why what purpose they serve on the back of the poster map. To put on your wall. <laughs> if I'm gonna put it on the wall, why, if I'm gonna put it on the wall, why am I not gonna put it on the side that looks pretty? It's all in color and and, and has the whole campus. Well, copies, right, Jeff? What's that? You want two copies, right? So you can do one and then the other, right? Next to, next to my side. <laughs> oh, I, That's I, what I was gonna say. I've got two copies. I did. I, I did, did have two copies. copies. What? Send away their spare copy. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I now have three copies. <laughs> I, I salute your commitment to Sparkle Motion. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna swing up to to Michigan there and, and pick up the, the, an extra copy from Jenny. So, oh, there are four copies at my house. You get cut, son. There are four <laughs> copies at your house. <laughs> yeah, Alan has his copy. Oh, what? Okay. The, 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 the biggest like problem is that, I don't know if he has the standard cover too. Oh, probably. The, big, the biggest problem, of course, is that Michigan is really big. So the fact that I live five minutes away from <laughs> Michigan does not mean I live anywhere near you. <laughs> so, yeah, turns out. On, the, on the mitten, you know, I'm right uh-huh. here in the middle of it. <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm just below the mitten, just, just slightly onto the wrist. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'll be so down Jeff- your way in a couple of months. Yeah, not bringing you a book. <laughs> that's, that's fine. Stop by. We'll grab dinner. It'll be fine. <laughs> so, I think I'll be your way, anyways. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I noticed yeah. something in this one though that yeah. struck me. In the other magic books, it feels like they tend to avoid mentioning species or monsters that don't exist in the magic world, as well as in D anD. d And there are a lot more references to D&D-isms in this one. 
Like, you know, there are when you're taking certain tests, you're studying physiology of things that are not from magic. They're, they are they are D and D creatures. Um, there's NPCs that are um, that are Genasi, which is not a that's not a magic thing. That's a D and D thing. Mm-hmm. Wait, well, are, there, are there no Genasi in the Adventures in Forgotten Realms set? Because well, like, that, that uh, peanut butter and chocolate is all mixed up together. Well, I suppose that's what I'm kind <laughs> of getting at, though. Reese's cups, the peanut butter <laughs> is in the chocolate. But that, that's kind of what I'm I'm getting at is it is getting a little bit more backfilled to where the lines are blurrier now than I think they were, for example, in Ravnica. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and I'll be honest, like the first thing when I was reading this thing, if I'm running this, I am totally going to have like Elminster or Morgan Canaan or Tasha show up as guest lecturers here. That's right. like outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. And, and here's the thing is that they've done that now for a couple of adventures, right? This, this and, um, and Witchlight are both like, you can stick this in literally any setting you want. So all yep. things D and D count now, uh, all things D and D are there and they're part of it and whatever. And that's fine. Cause you can put it wherever you want. Uh, Strixhaven can basically just be anywhere. Um, um, Witchlight, starts from a carnival that travels the the plains and whatever so you can be anywhere there um they seem to be um they seem to be i guess drifting away a bit from the the realms centric thing now i don't know if that's a trend we'll, we'll see. or yeah <laughs> i don't know if that's a trend or, t- or or a coincidence of two books that have done that coming out back to back but I mean, well, the next book that's coming out in March is also not Realms. Yes. It is Critical Role, called the Netherdeep. So um, the trend, it continues. I have no idea anything about that setting. It's, uh, yeah. That is also weird, though, because for a while, when you talked about the schedule, things like the Magic the Gathering settings and the Critical Role things were kind of considered... In additional product projects mm-hmm. and not part of the main thing. So if you were just looking at an actual trend line, yeah, you could look at um, uh, Wild Beyond the Witchlight, but like this and the Critical Role book don't necessarily represent a trend, quote unquote, because right. of you know their yeah. But I don't know if that's still a true thing, but it mm. seemed to be a true thing for a while. So I'm going to go with it's not a true thing. <laughs> um, I'm well, curious. I'm curious. Um, <laughs> I've come to the conclusion over time that, I mean, obviously, Theros is written in such a way that things in Theros, to my thinking, stay in Theros. If I'm not running a Theros <laughs> campaign, don't ask me to bring that into my game, right? Um, I've, I've come to the... Con- all, all right, then. I'm sorry to everyone who plays the next couple of Forgotten Realms adventures I wrote, because we brought Theros into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, ironically, Theros is the first thing whose mechanics actually transferred out of the book, because, uh-huh. you know, mythic actions... Almost, you know, those jumped across pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and well, piety is worth grabbing. Mostly, yeah, I, I love piety. Yeah, mostly it's a, it's an issue with um, uh, character options that show up in Theros and then also in Ravnica that seem to be not balanced for general D&D but are setting-focused. And, and I feel like as we talked about the, the, uh, the backgrounds in this one, 
there's that trend continued here where the backgrounds are clearly far and away better than any other background you could po- possibly ever take. Um, you mean centaurs weren't overpowered, nor were satyrs. Bring them. Who cares? <laughs> well, um, and, and, and you have to pick and choose a little bit, right? But, like, I don't want Ravnica magic items in my game because uh, certain combinations with Ravnica magic items can be game-breaking. Um, I don't, you know, but but not, the races, I guess, haven't been problematic, but... I, I was going to say, I've seen... are definitely in Tasha's. Yeah. And um, if you look across a few better-known streaming shows, things like satyrs are definitely um, getting used by people outside of, yep. you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, have, yeah, there's, a, in, there's a satyr in my Dragon Heist campaign. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, in non-organized play games, the uh, race that I've seen most frequently is the Verdun from Acquisitions, Inc. Okay. Oh, interesting. I am... <laughs> Kind of shocked by that. <laughs> <laughs> They're just such interesting little fellows. People love them, and Acquisition Inc. was hugely popular. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that, that said, you know, obviously, a disclaimer there. Um, I was mostly doing organized play for the longest, so my population sample for each. <laughs> <laughs> the statistics are irrelevant because my sample size is small. <laughs> so, oh, go ahead. What I was going to say is one of the other things I find really interesting in the adventure is that it sort of um, it, it opens with those extra subsystems that we talked about. You've got your extracurriculars, your mm-hmm. jobs, your relationships, your exams, right, and, and studying for exams. That's pretty cool. What surprises me is that they don't stop rolling out new subsystems um, or, or sort of parasubsystems as that rolls along mm-hmm. right with games and contests that they're creating the, these these systems for they aren't really all that ultra as system goes right it, it, ability checks it's fine but mm-hmm. it, it, it's 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 so interesting how much of the adventures seems to hang on you know presumably non-lethal preferably non-lethal um combat situations that that raises a, a question to me that that's interesting um over the I, i've been in the gaming community i guess for a couple of years right so I, i've oftentimes heard the phrase that system matters and the system helps tell the story that you want to tell um and so i'm curious as you add more as you have to add more and more and more subsystems to make D tell this story is D&D even the right system for telling the Strixhaven story? You know, licensing and branding aside. Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say, it's certainly the right system for what you use. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I, obviously, I think there could probably be a better system, but I don't think it's ro- the wrong system. And some of the subsystems aren't really even subsystems so much as, like, it's more like a mini game within the game, like specifically like, right. you know, Mage Tower is literally a mini game within the game. Mm-hmm. And you're still using the same mechanics and everything. They're just explaining to you what they feel is the optimal way okay. to utilize these mechanics. And I think, you know, that's kind of the important thing to point out is like, it's all the same mechanics that we've been using. They're just like, all right, so when we're dealing with exams, like, this is how we recommend you do exams. It also says very clearly in, you know, uh, sidebars. If you don't like these, please f- ignore them. <laughs> Carry on with your life. Which is really weird the way they put f- right there in that sidebar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, 
Ryan has a I one hundo believe that Amanda would do that. <laughs> we may have said that before it went to edit. <laughs> it's entirely possible. Um, speaking of testing, I as soon as I read testing um, and how that works, I would love to use that for people preparing for an adventure or a mission or something. Mm-hmm. Because you could actually repurpose that as, you know, people pouring through a library and candle, you know, going through Candlekeep trying to figure out, uh, you know, what you need to do, you know, or where the ins and outs of this uh, ancient fortress are and everything. Yeah, well, I actually so, yeah, yeah, like building on that, it makes me think of um, all the different kinds of stats like that that you would build up in um, um, Fall in London, right? So you've got casing for, hey, we're rogues casing a joint, and we're going to spend a bunch of time studying the place. Well, yeah, okay. Like, mm. I think that's pretty beautiful and uh, definitely worth stealing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, the one thing I want to say to just, is this the right system? Like, there are many hypothetical systems that we could imagine slotting in, but... All of them have their own. All the ones that actually exist, rather than I'm sure there's some some ideal system in the world. They all have their trade-offs. Sure, they're yeah. all wrong. Every system is wrong. Just <laughs> be real about that. Is all I want. <laughs> I mean, is there D and D is not more wrong than any of the other wrong systems. Right. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Because that Im- that implies that there's no that the that the system. That the system doesn't change the kind of story that's told, and I think it does. I think you tell different stories depending on on what's encouraged by the system. Right, but every system that exists is going to need some amount of patching to fit the story here. Mm-hmm. And, so, so, so and, and this is just so unique that no system could. No, but I'll, I'll no, point no out. No system okay. is customized to this. Knowing knowing the the general arc of how these adventures go, I'll throw out there: if you used kids on brooms, which I've reviewed, you could do a lot of the non-combat things. Mm-hmm. But combat and kids on on brooms is not a big thing. It resolves very quickly, and it's like here's the consequence, and if this goes wrong, you're completely out of it. And these fights in here are not made to be quick, one and done, you know, things. They're meant to be more engaging fights that are more D and D tactical and and that exactly. sort of thing. So, okay. so there you have a system that is built for magical schools that is still not perfect for doing this thing. Okay. And another thing to potentially keep in mind is that people may have been playing this way with D and D since the beginning, but they're not the ones who got to write books for a long time <laughs> right yeah and that that's that's also very important like it, yeah you, gen con before fifth edition came out uh, i was i happened to be able to do um a game with merles and a few other folks including uh someone who worked on dungeon bastard and we did we were running a restaurant in um, this magical town <laughs> and just had to deal with like Things are going wrong. How do we fix it? These creatures come from another portal. And uh, by the way, the health inspector's also there. What do you do? <laughs> oh, so, I mean, yeah. Acquisitions Inc. We've been running a business. We're doing a thing. Like, they've been doing these big grand stories like this for so long. And that's the thing about D&D. Like, maybe it's not perfect for the school bit of it. But the school bit, that's that's the setting. That's what you're – that's your that, – 
I mean, I hate to say it, that's the mundane bit of their life here. <laughs> the, the magic school is the mundane part? Right. But yeah. also, <laughs> the, the new rules that the book introduces are now part of D&D. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now D&D handles sure. this fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. and... Um, like, D&D is not only what's in the player's handbook, and never was. Sure. The other thing that I think is interesting, just because we mentioned this being less lethal and also Wild Beyond the Witchlight was another um, game that was or another uh, adventure that was, you know, less lethal. I still see this all the time in discussions. I don't think people realize in fifth edition you can knock someone out with a melee attack. You don't have to say anything special. If you don't want to kill people, it's really easy not to kill people in fifth edition compared to other editions. Non-lethal combat is huge. We use that so much in the organized play because like guess what you learn if you kill every single bad guy? Um, yeah. well, yeah. you learn you learn how much they bleed. Uh, th- that is a that is a problem with this adventure, in the uh, the dueling uh, portion, because this dueling portion, uh, you are allowed to use melee weapons and you are allowed to kill. How? <laughs> right. I, I'm not sure how the rules expect you to end that duel, other than oh, I had sleep prepared at school. What would be really cool is if there was a product out there that had dueling rules in it, Brandis. That'd be good. Do that. <laughs> yeah, that our spell duels be... are not the greatest. I, I will grant that Vladari's spell duels lack a certain je ne sais quoi like spells. <laughs> I had a quick question though, and um, Jeff's point earlier about this not this being an adventure and not a setting guide. Does it change given that? We're talking about a relatively small area from what I remember reading, given that this is a quick look at it. Um, And so having it separated out doesn't necessarily make as much sense. Right. No, I I, I agree. Like, it would not make two books. Yeah, and Uh like having a whole bigger gazetteer wouldn't necessarily make sense because you really need that info. Like, it is a more focused adventure compared to going all over. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is kind of it is kind of interesting too because Ravnica when it first came out there's been multiple sets and there were art guides that filled in all these details and it's a much more you know spelled out setting whereas this is a relatively new setting we had a card set that introduced it and you know <laughs> Ravnica is an entire planet yes right <laughs> This is a college campus. This is a campus, yeah. But I will say, um, even if you're not going to set it in some of the alternate locations, the world that this is set on is still a pretty neat blank slate because it's basically two different worlds that slam together. And then if you get into the backstory, there's some neat, like, recursive, you know, things going back to the beginning of time and then feeding back forward. And all of that is really good for having that blank slate in the world. Like you can find all these neat ruins and these things that have been lost, but the world itself is just two things that got crammed together. And the best D and D setting where two things have ever been crammed together. So, um, <laughs> to go back, to go back though to the no melee weapons and the dueling thing. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's actually part of the location you do the dueling at. It has magical protections designed to break down magic without damaging creatures. Does it? Okay. Yeah. I, I missed that because uh, super brief read. 
right? Yep. Find that again. It's because they're not directly next to one another. There's a little thing that says see <laughs> magical effects of this place. So that's under the Fury <laughs> Gale repository, uh, which is above the duels or before the duels. It Can has you tell all me the- page number, please? I'm sorry. I, I saw it and then lost it again. I'm looking at it in D&D Beyond, so no, I cannot. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> My bad. My bad. Um, can I throw your page it's a number? backslash. Uh, nope, nope. Probably. Bad call. Bad call. Sorry. Probably. Uh, let's see. Fade if you're repository. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere around 130-ish. Cool. And. I did hear. I, I did read online somewhere some interesting feedback. That I'd love to. <laughs> oh no, one hundred thirty-one. Some interesting oh, feedback on what? Crazy. Okay. Uh, on the on the entire thing, but but I don't want to interrupt the very. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> the, thrill, the thrilling audio of finding a page. It was yeah. one hundred thirty oh. at the very end. Yeah. <laughs> um, Thank you so, so much, Jenny. One of the the, the questions, because I mean. So there has been some criticism about some of the stuff feeling or being overpowered and things like that. And then the whole idea that you are going to college, you are spending four years in college, and you come out at eighth level right. or whatever it is. Or people, in the, level people in this setting level. must be super powerful. Yeah. Yeah, but this and, is this is also kind of an elite, plainer college, though. So, I mean, you know. I'm not gonna <laughs> them. It's just yeah. an interesting idea, like because they were like, I can't bring this into my campaign because there's no way in heck they should come out this high level yeah. from college. And no, I think I mean, part of it is what you're saying, Jared, like in terms of folks not like this is an elite college for whatever that means. <laughs> As a, yeah, um, but uh, I already had a baseline understanding of how magic works. These were, you know, prodigies. Child prodigies. I mean, my understanding is that people who go to Ivy League colleges are just better than the rest of us because they're higher level. Oh, is that oh not no. right? Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> you get out. If, if anything I said could be construed that way, I apologize right now. <laughs> um, and, and for those who are are, are not watching the, the the recording and are instead uh, just listening, that part of uh, that little barb I think is because I'm wearing an Ivy League school. Well, Tracy is higher level than the rest of us. That much we know. But I don't think it's because of the school she went to. Uh, <laughs> we'll never know. So I'll yeah. we'll never know. Out, Tracy. <laughs> Some of the kids I went to school with, though, were like, like for instance, I was a government major, and they totally we were we were supposed to pretend that we were doing. Uh, a policy, and and some of them actually called up senators and did the policy. So I kind of get it. <laughs> I was not one of those. You didn't have your 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 favorite senator on speed dial. No, I you know they, they did not come over to my parents' house for dinner. <laughs> Uncle, Uncle Senator. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't know how much this actually feeds into that because we don't have a good baseline to juggle this but um one of the planeswalkers that shows up in a lot of decks she went here when she was younger mm-hmm. so that's kind of what you're establishing is it's that level you know that kind of magical potential of a person that's you know doing this kind of theorizing and learning and stuff like that 
It's the Although queer not... institution. <laughs> they do not, however, um, talk about the the um, as many of the meta story connections as some of the other books or some of the you know, especially Ravnica. Like no. they do not mention um, Liliana at all in this, mm-hmm. or that you know she was a pro- you know that she's a professor at one of the colleges or anything. Mm. No, instead we get you know lots of really cool stuff about like the founding dragons mm-hmm. and some of the other cool uh, NPCs, which the founding dragons are. <laughs> but the dragons are so boss. I love <laughs> They're them. They're so cool. Um, so back to the the like we you graduate graduate eighth level and that's weird it's not though because in actually both the harry potter books and in the magicians books the the characters by by the end of their time at that school are heavy hitters right I mean, yeah, you can take out. out the Dark Lords. I mean, that's and that's right. kind of that's kind you, of the you go fight the beast. What? That's kind of the genre, though, right? Is that is that yeah. they mm. are the heavy hitters, and that makes them unique in the world, and and that's okay. And, um, right. and, and maybe some and, of yeah, your friends did graduate at fourth are. level. <laughs> right. All right, though. All right, though. But like, okay, so we've all been a party, you know. Uh, eighth level people and you're like you got one person who is technically eighth level but you're like what are you what are you are you helping us somehow what are you doing what <laughs> oh, did you what, did, what what spells did you take <laughs> so oh you took mending six times <laughs> there's <laughs> ouch there's one, one of the things yeah, and, I, call that. and I think hey, I'm saying that that's totally some of my characters I am eighth level leave me alone one of the things that that I think Brandis had sort of implied that I that I've been really thinking about and would be very interested in is what other adventures could splice into this adventure, right? It goes one to eight. Um, so what other adventures can you because because the storyline is you're adventuring for for six months or nine months or whatever it is out of the year, and then you all go home for summer break and nothing happens. Sort of like right. the Harry Potter books, right? Oh, like, this is incredibly friendly to Candlekeep Mysteries. Oh, oh. my God, is it friendly yeah. to Candlekeep? Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, they're already academic, so hanging out in the library would make sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. you can also you- splice in Wild Beyond the Witchlight. Uh, what do we do? What do we do on our oh, summer yeah. break? We're going to go to a carnival. What happened to the carnival? Well, we don't want to talk about it. I know so, what you did last so summer. Th- what happened to the carnival? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but so that's a thing. But you can't. So, so, but you'd have to do all the entirety of Witchlight within a summer. And, and I'm Why? thinking because if you leave, no, you, you, can't, just, you can't leave Prismere in the middle of the thing, can you? So just rewrite it, dude. It's uh, yeah, I, re- I, I, I mean, it's not. Re- I've never done that before. But I mean, rewrite it. I mean, rewrite it, or you know, do like uh, what they recommended with the supplement that they put out, and just create your domain of delight. Right. Yep. No, but you're, well, I, there's a I, lot of. I actually really like the idea of splicing it with Candlekeep Mysteries because then you've got you you run. The two or two or three candlekeep mysteries that are level appropriate, sort of within the wherever they're at when they go on summer break, and then they come back and and gain a couple more levels by telling the story of what happens on campus and and dealing with the the secret evil that is hiding out and and doing horrible things on campus that you slowly discover over time. Okay, next pitch. Next pitch. <laughs> Tales from the Yawning Portal field trips. 
<laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, you know, say, that's what's up. So obviously, what we lead into though, when they're done with university, is we lead into the adventure that is apparently not an adventure, where we all go to the yawning portal and go down to the dungeon of the madmaid. Guys, a school has fully prepared us to take on anything we find, right? Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> Out the war. <laughs> the, the, the amount of just. The next, the last panel is this is fine. <laughs> Getting cut into that comic strip is very clear in my head and very, very funny. I just got this this terrible image too of all these people that went to school to be like magical, uh, you know, learning the the deep theories of magic and everything, and then like they go into dungeon delving, and their parents are just like. Why did we pay for the school? That's Understanding the deep theory of transmutation allows me to really stand there, stare at a dungeon wall, and be like, that's not what it seems. I promise you it's not. I can't really explain it, but I know it's not. Don't touch it. And then, of course, someone's like, I don't know. You paid a lot for that degree, but are you sure? Touches it. Right. Is eaten. Yeah, good. Becomes um, one with the wall. <laughs> so, so I, I, I want to call out uh, a couple of the other like mashups and mm. um, variations on this that I want to see. Mm. So, like, th- there are totally rules for writing your own domain of dread, right? Yes. Yes. And, and now there's rules for running a college. So I want Dracula's Scalamance as its own domain of dread. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. Well, where where all of the re- all of the relationships in this. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, I don't want them to publish it. I want to get to write it. I'm excited about writing that at some point. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um, but, like, taking this and turning all of it into gallows humor is very appealing <laughs> to me. Um, and also, ramming this into Fizban's at top speed is going to be awesome. <laughs> So I really like some of the stuff they set up here for how you can kind of write your own adventures, too, for this magical school setting for, like, you know, the lower year students and stuff with with what they have with the Oracle and the Archaics. So the Archaics have their vast knowledge of everything. So you go and you ask them something and they send you on this quest. I mean, or so you think anyway. It's really hard to understand what they really said to do. And so, like, you've got all these people going off on these wild goose hunts. Because... I'm pretty sure that's what the archaic said we were supposed to do. (laughs) (laughs) And the other thing that I was thinking, and this comes from the fact that it specifically says people come to the school from all over the place. And if you have players, let's say one of your players made up a character from Eberron and one of your players made up someone from Forgotten Realms and... And like those in between adventures can be like, hey, let's go hang out at your house. So, and that's literally a different plane, you know, mm-hmm. for each person in between years when they go to see, you know, where someone else is from. Mm-hmm. Going back to Eberron, what are we going to do? <laughs> oh, you know, dad needs us to do some salvage missions. You know, well, and <laughs> honestly, one of the things as we're talking about how does this combine with other settings is. Um, I kind of like the idea of it mashing up with Eberron, where not only uh, are they are the is the party made up of people who may be from different schools at Strixhaven, but they're all from different families, from different Dragonmark families of Eberron, and, and you know, <laughs> then all hate each other in the world, but like 
here is here you now you're in college and and you come together and you become friends and is this is this going to be uh, a thing that you know the the life back in Ebron is this going to tear you apart or or are you going to prove to that the power of your friendship forged at college is going to bring the the dragon marked houses together that sounds like a fun campaign to me it's all doomed though because there's yeah. larpers yeah <laughs> yes I'm so excited I'm with the larpers. larpers but. I'm just saying it's. I don't know when the I don't know when the question appeared in the Twitch chat, but uh, I want to know if we're suggesting that the founder dragons of Strixhaven are great worms, and we are not making any suggestions. Uh, Brandis, are you making that suggestion? Because you're talked about it. (laughs) Hell yes, I am. Yeah, that's what I thought. (laughs) I mean, I don't know that I disagree. I don't know that I would disagree with that though. Or even the flip side of that. You know, what if like your founders are being hunted by people hired by uh, reflections of them in other worlds trying right. to absorb them? Yes. <laughs> right. That's, they that, get to absorb the math equations flying at their face. That all <laughs> does. That, that that sounds like a pretty epic campaign. The mm-hmm. that it, you know. The face. And again, that's another natural transition here. You you get out of school in your tenth level. What happens? You get hired on a staff. And it actually mentioned that too. Like many students, after they graduate, graduate being used real loosely there, they're like, man, I really like it here. I'm just going to keep learning forever. And then eventually they're like, hey, you know, you've been here a while and you know a bunch. Do you want to teach? So you end up being like, Strixhaven becomes kind of like your life. You, you never leave university, you just become a professor and you get tenure. <laughs> that, that, that takes 10 years right yeah. that's, that's good circling back right there i appreciate it <laughs> callbacks are great <laughs> although it's a callback from before we started recording so most people won't get it but yeah that's okay context context will provide everything <laughs> it's like it's like i oftentimes tell my students the jokes aren't for you i'm just entertaining myself up here so. <laughs> that is what all jokes are for if you happen to think it's funny great wonderful yeah. <laughs> Join in with the humor. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's so many options for like, you know, how you can tie this in both in between years of school and like, where do you go after it? Like you can, you can then go uh, to Ravnica and choose to join a guild and hate your, you know, non-follow guildmates <laughs> if you want. Or you could be like, you know, you know, I had this guy he was from House Azorius and I understand like we really are supposed to hate the mom, but like. Explain to me why. Or you could be from outside <laughs> of Ravnica and take over a guild and be an absentee guild master like certain people. Well, just, <laughs> like, the storyline where you, you wind up going to Ravnica as a 10th level character and fighting Nicol Bolas is a good time. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Oh, that seems like a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> By bad time, I mean I, I do mean good time as you know, adventuring is often bad. <laughs> but fun for the players, yes. Do, do, doesn't Nicole Bolas seem like the type of dragon that would kill, kill off uh, mirrors of himself in order to get more powerful? Uh. <laughs> or already has. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was just going to say, like, um, of some of the things that are in here, I know relationships, you know, school, relationship, boom. But I have played enough Bioware games. I want some adventure that has this option in it that is not necessarily just a college thing. 
Like, I have played Dragon Age, and I want options mm. in, in regular so, games. Well, okay. the, he, here's the trick, though. When you play Dragon Age, you're playing one character and everybody else is an NPC. When you're playing D&D, you're in a party of other PCs. The relationship thing is less about the mechanics and the subsystem and more about the role playing you do with the other players. Yeah, but what if I mean, what if you have the campaign has a clearly established home base and there are people at sure. that home base? And that's where it makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Or or in uh, what is it? Out of the abyss when you have 5 million NPCs, although <laughs> it's one of my no. least favorite things about that adventure. I mean, Troll Skull Manor is a great place to mm-hmm. like meet mm-hmm. all of your your regulars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Your norm, let's say, could be a norm. And while we're on the the NPCs and the relationship stuff, so the NPCs have no um, like predetermined orientation. Uh, as mm-hmm. an article I was reading earlier today said, they have Schrodinger's orientation. They are both <laughs> queer, yeah, queer and hetero yeah, yeah. until yeah. you hit on, until you hit on them. <laughs> and yeah, then Steve Jensen's uh, article on that was really great. I'd and really then they're like in, they're into you if you're into them. Um, and that could be uh, multiples of you into one of them or multiples of them into one of you. Like, the sky is <laughs> the limit. You can have as many beloveds as you want. Right. Um, which can easily turn into all of your beloveds hating you as anyone who's ever <laughs> Right. Well, and the, the, I, I assume this made it into the, the final product as well. But in the in the playtest, the, they even make the point that, the, that relationships and even beloveds aren't necessarily – isn't necessarily about a romantic relationship. No, right? yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it says yeah. that there. Um, I, the one thing I wish about relationships, and, and maybe this is in the adventures and I just haven't read them, is that I wish having a really, really high rival score was also beneficial mm, yeah. rather than yeah. quasi punitive, like lightly punitive, right? Narrative punitive, just because I want to engage with that. I don't right. want to feel like that was a bad move to yeah like build heat in that rivalry establishing rivals is almost entirely a a a narrative thing and that has no, that doesn't seems- that doesn't have the same mechanical uh encouragement that having relationships does i had when we play tested i had one player who's like well there's a rival thing. We should play with that too. So he he like really pushed like he found his Draco Malfoy and was going to push that button every <laughs> single time he could. And it right. was fun, but yeah, it wasn't encouraged by the mechanics. Um, so. Right. And like I don't know if you've ever been a fan of a, any sort of intellectual property, but r- rivals to beloveds is uh-huh. a thing. And that, that's it doesn't I- tend to work its way through the, the, the point spectrum. It tends to just <laughs> – Suddenly become a sense of absolute value. That's what I was going to say. At some point, you should get locked into the place where you both work after right. school, <laughs> and you can't get out because they have magical locks. And all of a sudden, that that two point rivalry just flips around to being beloved. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, this is yeah. terrible, but also amazing. <laughs> I mean, um, there's there's no reason why you I mean, can't do that. Uh, other <laughs> right. than the, the mechanics don't. Don't encourage that, right? That's not yep. the, the system as it's designed. They, um, they do well, not. I mean, but you not. know, they were trying to keep it straightforward and simple. Like, mm-hmm. you know, put, putting that in the mechanics, that uh, tracking sheet, which is not a handout at the back of the book that we already discussed, would be even more complicated. Right. Um, you know, keeping it simple like this, you know, it, it it allows you to 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 you know use it very straightforward. But you can always, I mean, it's D&D. 
you can always tweak it. <laughs> right. Accurate. Well, so you just turn the, the, the numbers into a, a, a circle where if you get to the highest negative, <laughs> when you click over, then it flips over into the positive again. Right. No, and so, yeah. uh, that, that could be the I AO3 know. sidebar. Where and, there we go. So we're yeah. talking about the way the we're talking about a little bit about the way the subsystems sort of encourage certain sorts of behavior with the relationships and what have you. Um, it is also worth noting. So the the testing mechanic gives you um, some bonuses depending on the skills you use. You get some, and if you pass the test or whatever, you get a certain number of dice, uh, uh, or is it re rolls or whatever it is. Uh, um, no. It- it's dice that you can add to, to, to roll. roll. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and extracurriculars have a similar sort of uh, mechanic to it. Uh, it was a lot to track in the playtest, and my players almost never remembered that they had those. Um, but we also, because it was a playtest, we didn't actually have the finished version of the report card here. So maybe having that actually in front of us might have helped. I don't know. Report card, but I've, I've lost my report card. <laughs> it's on page 43. Don't get it. Oh, okay. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, oh, my goodness. Hey, I am so sorry. I need to drop off a call. Yep. Okay. Um, it's, it's that time. Yep. Have a so, good one, Brandon. Thank you so much. Bye, Before Brandis. you go, do you want to uh, tell people where they can find you? Yeah, uh, you can find me on tribality.com. You can find me on Twitter at Brandis Stoddard. Uh, my personal blog is brandisstoddard.com, and my Patreon is Brandis Stoddard. Uh, thank you, everyone. I really enjoyed getting to talk to all of y'all. Um, stay awesome. Stay in school. <laughs> stay in school forever. He's out. I mean, we all wish we had, right? I mean, I'm almost, I'm almost never done laughed. again. You don't have to pay the student debts till you leave, right? That's how it works. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, gosh. Oh. <laughs> Bye, Brandis. Uh, so I think this is probably a good time. We we have. We have had a rollicking, fun conversation about Strixhaven, and I think if people listen carefully, we've also talked about what's in the book in the middle of that. Uh, so uh, sure. I think there's there's good information there. But to make sure that we have uh, provided the, the high quality, high you know valuable information that that Tome Show listeners are are begging for, um, if there are any, is there's anybody in the stream who has questions that you would like about the, about the Strixhaven book that you would like us to discuss? Um, you know, you got some time to, to post that in the chat now. Otherwise, uh, we'll be wrapping things up here pretty quick. Uh, did anybody have any last thoughts before we, t- uh, talk to the stream about their questions? I wouldn't mind seeing those more like beefy backgrounds tied to other adventures. Not these specifically, but I mean like mm. having a background where it gives you this feat and it gives you all this other stuff that ties you directly into the adventure presented in an adventure book. Like, you know, where this is directly saying you are part of this, you know. Mm. Okay. I think it's you know, important to kind of acknowledge though how these backgrounds ended up so beefy was the ambitious plan yes. to have subclasses that weren't tied to classes. I still um, want to see that. <laughs> yeah, that's that that is what they did, right? They they play tested having these subclasses that weren't class specific. Um, I do remember it, that. that. It was, was it was convoluted. Right. 
But um, I kind of liked the idea, though, because it was something kind of neat and outside the box. <laughs> well, and I, I kind of think you could maybe fix it a little bit if it wasn't tied to the background. Make it a feat, fine. But don't. I mean, let, it, it also is a feat. You can also just take sure. the feat. Sure. You could just take the feat. Mm-hmm. But. It makes a background way more powerful than I am willing to bring into any game that isn't set in Strixhaven. Yep. And it also means that they are definitely about to. So, organized play so far, it's been like, yeah, whatever background you want. And they're about to be like, you know what? Not that. Except that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Except not the Strixhaven books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which which is the the thing, right? Strixhaven. Um, that's the thing that that makes it so. I want to keep most of the mechanics from this book in this setting. Ravnica for me, it's a lot of the was it the magic items, maybe some of the spells or whatever. Um, are there spells in Ravnica? I don't even remember now. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, that I kind of want to keep. I want to keep. Also, in, give you spells in Ravnica too. Yeah, so they I don't have keep, the. There's a lot of Ravnica I want to keep in Ravnica, uh, and then obviously Theros has this whole "Hey, you're a you're working for the gods," and and that's super powerful. Uh, that has to stay in Theros. Uh, uh, I mean, I don't know if I necessarily agree well. with that because <laughs> it's it's just piety, really, and like the gods remain ever fickle. So like, it's not necessarily <laughs> overpowered because like, okay, you're working for the god. Okay, cool. Yeah. You're peon number 782 and he, <laughs> he could care less about you. To that god, but you're still 5,000 times more powerful than than your peers. Well, <laughs> what are you? I actually have I actually have what I think is a fairly brilliant hack of the Theros book to run my kids through a, a Rick Riordan, like Percy Jackson, Magnus Chase sort of campaign that I think would work really well. <laughs> um, so We've got, we've got a... Um, a mini campaign that uh, Alan, I don't want to take too much credit for it. Alan wrote. <laughs> <laughs> I contributed some ideas and wrote some other stuff in the supplement. <laughs> but it is very much like that kind of Percy Jackson thing going on a big mythical beast hunt, like tales of myth <laughs> and lore. And like, I think like it goes well. Like you could tie that stuff into whatever. Like Theros is the exception for me. I don't think that you have to keep it in Theros. I think you can take it and sh- shove it in the Forgotten Realms just fine. Where did this? I, I mean, I think if you're come from. Well, but I think if you're doing that, you're you're running a Theros campaign in another setting. Like the other players have to be Theros style characters too. Why? Because I don't think it mechanically balances. <laughs> So here's here's something that I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a newer setting. Um, Ravnica has been around for a long time. Do you think when when and if they do another magic setting, it's going to be a new one or it's going to be one that has already appeared before? I don't know, but I know I want Zendikar and I know I want Dominaria. <laughs> well, here, here's what I know. Um, I'm not a magic player. So whichever ones of those are really popular then I imagine that'll be what's next. Both of the ones I listed. I want Dominaria for my artificer. We are about to go to town and become so evil. (laughs) One of the things that we haven't talked about with the adventures, and I think this is true all the way through. I'm I'm flipping through as we speak to to double check this. Yeah, that they, they give just a really brief blurb at the beginning of every adventure describing how you could run this 
this adventure as a standalone, or they all come together into a four-year campaign because everybody finishes colleges in four years, right? Um, and so, so you could do it either way. So you could either pull out, you could either say there are four standalone adventures in this book. Or you could say there is a small, what is it, one to eight campaign in this book. Honestly, I think it runs probably better as a, as a campaign. Um, but, but I, I thought it was an interesting sort of design choice to purposely sort of set the adventures up in that way. I mean, that's, that's kind of how Harry Potter was. He had a standalone adventure every year, but it, you know, formed into one overarching campaign to sure. take down the Dark Lord. But, but that's not what they're doing here. So if no, he, Harry Potter was running it as a campaign, when they say standalone adventure, they mean like it changes the conclusions of some of these stories so that it doesn't it tie to the other thing. If you want it to tie, you you know, it'll feel like f- four independent weird things that happened this year that in year four suddenly you realize, oh, it was all connected or we slowly built up to, to this thing or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I thought that was an interesting choice as well. Something that we – I don't know that we've seen before that you could consider that to be a collection of four standalones or a campaign. I, I, I do really like how they did those tidbits about making it standalone mm-hmm. because they don't make each one feel, like you said, disjointed. Like if you're just doing the one, the changes that they make in that small paragraph for each one are significant enough to where you feel like you've really accomplished something. You started the thing. You finished the thing. It's done. Mm-hmm. But if you play it as a campaign, do you have to take the fourth one and split it into two? <laughs> Sorry. What do you mean? For your super senior year? No, because that's what they did with Harry Potter. The seventh year, they split into two movies. Yeah, I know. So, I'm sorry. It was a book, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, my mom's well, reading Harry Potter. Honestly, um, again, I, I keep talking about playtesting it but but that's the play experience i have right you learn so much more about an adventure by playing it and obviously some mm-hmm. things have changed but but this is i oftentimes think about like okay what was our big feedback on this on this adventure okay now i want to look and see what changed right when it was witch light i can i can point to specific things that changed that we had made comments about i don't know if it was our feedback that led to the change but there are <laughs> changes in witch light from with a play test that was based on comments that we made um this one we we made some comments that like we got through pretty much all of year one in two sessions and then we got through like only the very beginning of the sec of year two because that very beginning thing just took a really long time. Like that was a whole session and that's all, all we got. And we did, I don't know that we even finished it. Um, so it was, it was, you know, it could have been split up into two books, uh, I, I guess is what we're saying, or two movies, right? I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> some, of the, some, of, some of the things are like short little interesting vignettes. Um, and you sort of jump through an entire school year with these little vignettes. And then all of a sudden, every now and then you're into th- to a thing and it's like, okay, now you're basically going to do like a whole dungeon crawl. And slow down for a bit and, and spend a few sessions doing that. So, you know, thinking on that, though, um, so I think that's interesting because um, Baldwin Games this coming weekend is running Strixhaven as part of the virtual weekend, which mm-hmm. obviously makes it into a kind of structured thing. They have to have each DM run it fairly similarly. Mm-hmm. And they split year one into three parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, part one, part one does include time for character generation. Um, so 12 hours worth of content is what they're saying it is. 
that's about what we ran it. So we, we run, uh, what do we start? I, we, we run maybe four or five hours at a time. And so I guess we were, we ran about 10 hours worth of content on it and we did character generation ahead of time. So, so yeah. So another so hour. That runs yeah. out right. Yeah. So, you know, there, and you know, if you're, if you're worried about time and keeping it consistent, obviously, you know, your group, you can sort that out. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Or you think you know your group. Well, and and uh, year one runs more of – and then that's – I guess that, that's what my point is, right? As you're playing through this adventure, some sessions it's going to be, well, we went through like five or six different scenes and these different little things happened. These different events occurred. We we, we played this mini game of, of – uh, what is it? Launching frogs or whatever at the the tavern or and and whatever, right? Uh, and we did you know five different things in one session, and then another session is like, and then you just did one thing, the next session. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you're going to run through six months worth of time in one session, and sometimes you're going to run through like an hour's worth of time in one session, and get used to that sort of uh, uh, zoom in, zoom out sort of uh, approach. Yep, and there are there are tables for encounters that you can put in each of the adventures for the different years. So if you know your party is full of lollygaggers, maybe (laughs) don't choose the combat session encounter. That's going to take ages. Right. (laughs) Or don't choose the combat one where they're going to role play it for ages. (laughs) Uh, Like there's one with some, uh, you know, people claiming to be something they're not. And I definitely have some groups where I'm like, yeah, this would not be a combat encounter, but this would still take a good hour. Yeah. Mm. Well, we've given the chat uh, in, in the stream <laughs> some time to ask questions. Uh, we, we haven't gotten any questions other than the ones that sort of came in as we were chatting that we kind of tried to feed in and, and talk about anyway. So uh, unless anybody has any final last thoughts of something you really wanted to say about this book before we, we head out, um, it, is appro- it is approaching my bedtime. So uh, <laughs> we should be wrapping things up. I don't want to take a lot of time, but art. Yeah, talk about oh, the art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really great uh, portraits and um, characters. I, I, there's more. Uh, there's other art, but the, the thing I most mm-hmm. want to talk about is being able to have a lot of character art that you can use both here and in for your own games. Mm-hmm. The character portraits that they did, and I'm showing those on the stream. Obviously, you have to look at the book yourself. <laughs> um, that they did for each of the NPCs, though, are just like absolutely breathtaking. They give you some idea of like what each character <laughs> is like, like, you know, their attitude and everything. Uh-huh. Like, like the, uh, the, the, the dwarf strong uh-huh. woman, uh, dost, dost thou even lift? Yeah. <laughs> Although, here, here's, here's some, some insight. Uh, they changed her last name and her original last name in the playtest was a lot more fun, but maybe not super, I guess it was a distraction. <laughs> so. I want to know what it was now. <laughs> well, maybe after the stream is over, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not always entirely sure what the NDA allows me to and not to talk about. <laughs> so. I do like though that they still definitely went with some interesting names like the gnome here, uh-huh. uh, Rosie Mip and Bip was Fedelums. Mm-hmm. Uh, just call her Rosie. It's fine. Like, yeah. yes, that, that's a gnomish name right there. I know. I know yes. 
I know what she's about, and I know that she says it just as fast as I said, hi, I'm Rosie Miffin, Bip, was film. Nice to meet you. Yep, <laughs> yep absolutely. No, my, my characters playing it absolutely had a blast. Like, like, it was very clear which NPCs they wanted to interact with, and then they had a really good time interacting with those NPCs. It worked out really well. They each took their own little uh, – they the, every character that they made made very – clear specific choices because of the the setting and how I described it as as you know basically D D college at a magic college or whatever. And so we had the very uh the the very privileged sort of elf who's very serious but doesn't you know doesn't really know what he what he's doing and kind of bumbles a lot but has to act like he he's very accomplished and whatever. And then we had the the one character made a pixie uh, I think a pixie barbarian because we wanted to see what it was going to work like not having a spellcasting character. So he played a pixie barbarian who just absolutely fell in love with Greta uh, and became a bouncer at the bar and and oh my I was, <laughs> and and would would uh, uh, he and the the guy who plays him you know he's kind of a big guy and whatever and uh, with a with big red hair and, and a big beard and whatever and then he put on his oh yeah this is super fun sort of voice uh, and then and then his wife who's at the game played a kinku um, and so one of the you know so she'd pick up little phrases like the pixie would be like oh this is so exciting and so the kinku would pick that up and the, okay that's my phrase but would have to repeat it in the high pitched voice you know and so we had a good time uh, and and uh, and part of that was definitely the the NPCs that they really enjoyed building connections with yeah I mean, I think that's my biggest takeaway from this is I was really excited to look through this because it is a fun book. Mm -hmm. Like, it is an exciting book to look through because it's just fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Unlike unlike university. And I haven't... (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. You you need a better professor. (laughs) No, I enjoyed university. (laughs) Um, Anything good? Yeah, and I can't speak to – I mean, we had a really good time playing through the chapter and a half that we played through, right? Um, I can't speak to – other than a, a really brief read through how the, the second half of the, the story plays out uh, in terms of how fun it is. But it looks like they kind of keep up the same sort of pace, uh, but at the same time doing completely different things. You're not really repeating tasks. So uh, it seems like it would be a, a fun adventure to run, and, and I kind of – I don't know when because I already have like the next, I don't know, five years of, of campaign <laughs> planned campaigns planned out in my uh, group right now. Um, but at some point, I, I'd like to revisit Strixhaven, I think. so. Yeah, I want to both play this and run this. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to eventually do that. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, uh, still looking for someone who's going to run a game and I can play in. <laughs> <laughs> You, you, you want to make the drive down to South Bend every Friday? Where we <laughs> no, I'm probably looking for an online game. Oh. <laughs> I know. Uh, we're going right. to do games here eventually. we got to get our game room reassembled. <laughs> right on. All right. Any other last thoughts? We've been talking about last thoughts for like 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's it. All right. Let's go ahead and call that the end of the episode. We'd like to say thank you to all our listeners who support us by becoming patrons at patreon.com slash the Tome Show, such as Gene Crane, James D'Alessio, Hyperlexic, Jill Sanders, Leonard Peltier, Doug Palmer, and Michael Harrison. We'd also like to thank our guests. Ginny, where can folks find you? 
Uh, you can find me online at Jenny Loveday. It's G-I-N-N-Y-L-O-V-E-D-A-Y on everything. Now that I've finally gotten my YouTube sorted out, and I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> you can also find me on my website, JennyLoveday.com, in case you forget where to find all of the other links, um, and over at my Twitch channel and stuff. Uh, doing the Designers Den there, where I'm totally going to talk to you one day, Jeff. We're going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> you know where to find me. I do. <laughs> And also, thank you, Jared, for coming on. Uh, where can folks find you? Well, um, you can find me at Gnome Stew, where I usually do a couple reviews a month. And on top of that, I have my own blog where I do even more reviews. And that is at whatdoiknowjr.com. And if you want to hit me up on Twitter, you can look for me at, at whatdoiknowjr. Awesome. All right. And we, and we already heard from Brandis. We don't need to plug him anymore. <laughs> you can find Brandis on the internet under his name yeah, pretty much in a lot of places right uh, so if you want to get a hold of the show you can email the tome show at gmail.com you can find me on twitter I am at squatch s-q-u-a-c-h Tracy is at Sarah Dark Magic Sarah with an H uh, the show is at the tome show we also have a facebook page uh, we have a discord that is just the right size um uh, and you can find links to that actually in our Twitter uh, bio or shoot an email to the tomeshow at gmail.com. I'd be happy to share your link. Uh, yeah. And that's our surprise round episode uh, about where we went to school. We became mighty magical adventurers while we were looking at Strixhaven, a curriculum of chaos in this episode of. I'm off the wall.